0: The more I thought last Wednesday would be my last message talking about this, discussing this. I did, honestly. I thought this was going to be my last message discussing, discussing uh, the two families, in Adam and in Christ. But the more I study, the more I read the scriptures, it's so prevalent. It's right there in your face. It's just right there in your face, and it's the best way to describe and get you to understand where you were versus where you are, what the issue is in your life versus where you're trying to go. It is the best way to describe or to give an understanding. So today we're going to come from Romans chapter 6, and we're going to do verses 14 through 23. We're just going to do that passage of Scripture versus Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 14 through 23. Any testimonies today? Anybody got a hot testimony? I know y'all got some testimony. Y'all be keeping them from me. That's okay. It's all right. Then y'all talk about them after church. <laughs> But the title of today's message or teaching is going to be Master of Your Results. You are the master of your results. You have no idea how much of this you control. It's in your hands. From the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, what you do in your day, you can control your life. Now, that's not the gist of what I'm going to talk about today, but... It is something that you need to understand. In Adam, you had no choice. You just, you only did what your nature told you to do. That is the whole thing behind the in Adam versus in Christ teachings is that at, your, at the spirit level, there has been a change. There's been a change. And so your spirit, your soul, your body, and then you live in the world. Say that again. Your spirit... Soul, body, and you live in the world. And they're connected. So your spirit and your soul is connected to your body. Your body is connected to the world. So when you were born again, well, let's say before you were born again, your spirit was Adam after the fall. Your soul was Adam after the fall. They agreed with the flesh. And the flesh agreed with the world. But what happened was this. There was a disruption when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So now your spirit is Christ, but your mind, your soul is still Adam. And so your flesh still agrees with Adam, and the world, your flesh still agrees with the world. So this is the breach in your life. This is the discomfort that you want to do wrong, but you can't. You don't feel comfortable lying anymore. You don't feel comfortable doing doing things the wrong way anymore. Fornication is hard now. Cheating is hard now. It's, It's difficult. Why? Because there was a breach. Once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your soul became confused. Because now we have something else to listen to. But the issue is we have our soul wants to follow Christ, follow me as I follow Christ, have the mind of Christ. Our soul wants to follow Christ, but our flesh doesn't agree with that. (laughs) And so we're trying to get our we're trying to get our soul to align with who we are in Christ so that it can be seen in our walk on earth. But we still got the flesh in which those five senses, that still agree with the world. And we don't want the flesh to operate in the world. We want the flesh to operate in the kingdom. <laughs> it's a battle going on. So you have to be the one to make the decision. Your soul gets to make the decision. You get to make the decision whether you are carnal or whether you are spiritual. You get to make the decision. You can read, you can study, you can pray, you can fast, you can fellowship, you can do all the things, you can walk by faith, you get to make the decision. You were under the rule of sin and Satan. Not any longer. That's what redemption was. Redemption was saying that you got purchased. You were a slave that got purchased. Now you can walk, you can muff your your slave master. You can stand in the presence of your slave master, but they have no control over you. You were purchased. You were bought with a price, and that price was Jesus. So our first scripture is going to come from Romans chapter 6, verse 14, and it says, For sin shall not be master over you. Sin shall not. Be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So the scripture is saying what? Sin should not master us. Why? Because we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. Under grace, sin should not master you. It should not be able to tell you what to do. It should not control your vessels. It should not control your mind, your heart, or your soul. Because you are no longer under the law. To master means to exercise lordship, to exercise influence, to have dominion over or to have power over. So what is the scripture letting us know? Sin should not exercise lordship over us. Somebody's your lord. Something's telling you what to do. Something is exercising influence over you from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. If it's the flesh, it's in line with Adam. If it's a Spirit, it's in line with Christ. So he said, sin shall not exercise lordship over you. A lot of people don't know this. Well, they might. I'm not going to say that. Christ is not your external Lord. He's not your external Lord. Jesus is not your... He's not outside of you trying to lord over you. He's not speaking to you from heaven, telling you what to do at every moment. He's lording over you through the divine nature that's in you because in his divine nature is love. You just have to agree with it in your soul. You just have to agree with the word. He said, I gave you my peace, not the peace that the world has. The peace that the world has is a peace that's absent of conflict. So if you only have peace when there's no conflict, you don't have the peace of Christ. We're supposed to, he gave us. He said, I'm going to give you my joy so that you will be full. I made you righteous. This is at the spirit level. This is who you are. This is how he lords over you by letting you know you are salt. You are light. This is who you are. This is not who you're trying to become. This is what you're trying to get your mind, your heart, and your soul to agree with. This is why you get in the scriptures because you need to understand who you are. If you don't, according to the scriptures, sin will have, um, will be master over you. It will exercise lordship because the whole thing behind this, the premise behind this is you are master through your nature. That's why the Bible, the scriptures say... That the natural man does not understand the things of God. Because because he's natural, meaning still in Adam. Still in Adam, you, you you can't change. We can't expect you to be godly in Adam. There's no expectation of conforming in Adam. We don't expect you to love in Adam. because the scripture says that we are not under the law but under grace under means subject to the power of so you are not subject to the power of the law you are not you, but you are subject to the power of grace this is why you're you are an ambassador Because you are not subject to law. Ambassadors are not subject to laws in other countries. We are not subject. That's why the scriptures tell us you are an ambassador. You are. You're not trying to be an ambassador. You are. Why? Because you are no longer subject to law. You are not subject to Moses and the law. The Bible said the law came through Moses. But grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. We are under Christ, meaning we are to walk in truth and in grace. We are not under, we are not subject to the law. Now, the law is written or understood rules concerning behaviors and their consequences. This is no longer your lifestyle. We no longer live a life where Are an action, an action, because that's what the law judges. The law doesn't judge a lifestyle. It judges an action. One lie gets you consequences. One bad motive gets you a consequence. Because the law can only do what? What? Bring a consequence. It can only do two things: it informs you you're wrong and shows you the consequence. I remember I was watching Def Comedy Jam and he was talking about in uh, overseas, and y'all better not laugh. He was talking about overseas. Uh, if you steal something, they cut your hand off. And the brother said, "He said you got two good times to get some good stuff." <laughs> He said, after that, you be stealing donuts. <laughs> but, that's, that's, but that's the consequence. They say if, if, if the law says if I break this law, boom, there's a consequence. If I'm speeding and I get pulled over, I'm at the mercy of the person that holds the law. If he write me that ticket, I got to do what? Pay it. I got to pay the price. Well, the scripture says I'm no longer under that. So it's as if I'm speeding down the street. He pulled me over. And he see me and said, oh, sorry, you're not subject to me. But you are subject to what? Grace. Grace. Now, like I told you, I'm, 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 I'm thrown by the definitions that I hear for grace. Unmerited favor. You didn't deserve grace. I hear it all the time. But the Greek definition for grace is right up there. Grace is the merciful kindness of God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ. Now, this is verbatim. Ain't no McKinley in this. Turns them to Christ, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of Christian virtue. That's what you under. That's what you're subject to. You're subject to a father that says, I'm going to exert my holy influence upon their souls. I'm going to turn them to Christ. I'm going to keep them, strengthen them. I'm going to increase them, In faith, knowledge, affection, and then it says, and kindles them to the exercise of Christian virtue, meaning power. That is what we are under. So now you can see why it's telling us that sin should not be our master. Grace, we are under grace now. The purpose of grace is Growth and development. The purpose of grace is growth and development. It is for conformity. Grace does not, it doesn't stand alone. Grace is not by itself. Grace is the pillar of the covenant. It's what's holding the covenant up. We move from law. Why would he compare those two? He didn't say, you know, you're you're, you're no longer under, under law, but you're under sin. You see, he compared law with grace. He's giving you an opposite. You're no longer under this. You're no longer subject to this, but this is what you are now subject to. Why are you subject to grace? Because now it's all about you growing. Because like I told you, there was a breach in your life when you accepted Jesus Christ. And now your spirit is 100% Christ. But there's an issue because you, when you, you had nothing to agree with but the world, now you got something else to agree with. And grace is the pillar of the covenant. This is the dispensation of grace. This is the time that has been allotted for mankind To grow. This is the time that has been allotted to us to grow. That's why all the other stuff that's going on in your life, it ain't important. (laughs) It's not. There is nothing more important than you practicing righteousness. There is nothing more important than you feeding your soul, than you conforming to the the image of Christ. There is nothing more important than you increasing your spiritual intelligence. There is nothing more important. Period. Nothing. Mm. Verse 15, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? May it never be. So now, Paul says, no, you're not under, look, you're not under the law. The law told you you were sinning. That's all it could do for you. But now that you are under grace, he says, what do we say? What do we do with this? What do we do with this? This is the question. So he's saying, shall we sin? Because we are not under the law? Because the law is no longer applicable to us? Shall we just carry out sin? I don't think so. He's saying, shall we sin because we are under grace? Shall we sin because we are in Christ? Shall we, shall we sin because we are in Adam? We are no longer in Adam. Since we are no longer in Adam, we are no longer subject to law, but because we are in Christ, he's saying, and we, and we know that we have grace, we know now that the Father is not just looking at us and saying, okay, Renee, did you sin? Okay, if you sin today, this is what you get for sinning. No, but, but, but because the Father is looking at us like this is my child. I want to nurture this child. I want to raise this child to be who I have predestined this child to be. And if I judged it based on, because watch this, your sins are no longer judged on what's going on in earth. It's judged now by what's going on in heaven. Remember, you are a citizen of heaven now. So your sins are not against earth. They're against heaven. But this is the thing. You've never been to heaven. So you have to learn the rules and regulations. You have to learn to live that culture. You have to learn to live from the kingdom. So you you have to have grace. I can't discipline you for not understanding my world. The whole purpose of me pulling you out of Adam was to get you, bring you into my world so you can learn my world, so you can live from my world. So he asked the question, what then? What shall we do? Shall we sin? Shall we sin because we are not under law? No. Grace is for conformity. It's for growth and development. Grace is for transitioning your walk from carnal to spiritual. Y'all hear me? Grace is for a a transition It's it's so you being carnal can now become spiritual. You walked in the flesh, but now you need to grow to the place where you walk in the spirit. Your soul only knew carnality. Now you need to learn spiritual things. This is what grace is for. Grace is so so that that carnal life you live can now become a spiritual life. That's why I said this stuff don't, man, this stuff on this earth, it doesn't matter. We are after the spiritual life. We're after the spiritual life. We're not after the carnal life. All our blessings are in heaven. They are in heavenly places. Set your mind on earth. Don't set your mind on things below. (laughs) Set your mind. Fix your mind your attention, your understanding. So he says, shall we sin because we are under the law, not under law, but under grace? May it never be. In other words, absolutely not. Because this is the thing. We don't live by grace. We grow in grace. We don't live by grace. We grow in grace. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We don't walk by grace. We don't walk a walk that says, well, you know what? I can do this because God has grace on me. No, the walk is faith. And you can't walk in sin and walk in faith. You can't say I believe and walk contrary to what you believe in. But you have to learn that. Walk by faith, not by sight. Live by faith. Even the scripture says walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. To walk in the spirit is to walk in the nature that has been provided for you. It's the difference between walking in the spirit and being led by the spirit. Being led by the spirit is soulish. Being walking, walking by the spirit is you understanding who you are in Christ. And making that your walk. If he said you're righteous, that's your walk. You walk a righteous life. If he says you're redeemed, then that means you don't you no longer walk like a slave, but you walk like one who's free. Watch this. Let's do this again. So this is what we got. We got grace. So we have a father now that's saying, look, you can grow in grace now. You can grow in grace. Say grow in grace. Grow in grace. We can grow in grace, which means that we have a father that is merciful. Our father is merciful and kind. Our father exerts his holy influence upon our souls. Development. He turns them to Christ's positions. This is grace. He keeps, he strengthens, and he increases, nurtures. Y'all with me? In Christ, faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of Christian virtue, relationship. So grace brings us development, it brings us position, nurtures, and it brings us into the relationship. This is the whole purpose of grace. This is what Paul is trying to teach the church at Romans. You are no longer in Adam. Stop acting like you in Adam. You are in Christ. In Christ you have grace, grace to grow. Watch this. Verse 16 says, do you not know, do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness? He said, don't you notice (laughs) that whoever you decide to obey, you become their slave. If it's sin, the result is death, which means what? You get disconnected from the spiritual life. You're disconnected from a life in God that belongs to you. You disconnect yourself from your blessings. You know what I want to do in this ministry? I want to make sin look stupid. I want you to feel stupid walking in sin. I do. I want you to be like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? All these blessings I have, he loves me. He made me righteous. He redeemed me. He gave me salvation. He saved me. He blessed me with every spiritual blessing. He gave me power. He gave me authority. Why the heck am I still walking in sin? It don't make sense. I want to make sin look and feel like this is stupid. (laughs) Amen? This should be the anthem for growing in grace. This scripture right here. It should be the anthem. Do you not know? It should be the anthem. That if you present yourself as slaves of obedience to righteous Righteousness and not sin. We present ourselves to as slaves of obedience to righteousness, not sin. When we do that, watch this. If we submit ourselves or give ourselves over to sin, sin brings death. It disconnects you from the life that you have in Christ. The Bible says your life is hid in Christ with God. So sin disconnects you from that. It don't disconnect. Watch this. God doesn't disconnect. You disconnect. You go contrary. It's a line in the sand. This is a life I'm giving you. Do you want it? Obey righteousness. You don't want to, okay, walk in sin. In sin, I can't give you the blessings. I can't. Because if I give you the blessings in sin, you begin to think it's okay. Am I right? If if the Father blesses you while you are in sin, you continue to do that. So he said, You know what? It's some things I just can't give you. Yeah, I'll give you the basic, I'll give you the bare necessities. You're gonna eat. <laughs> You're gonna have a place to stay. You're gonna have something to drive. But I'm not going beyond that. It's just like a child, like my son, 14 years old, okay? It's certain things that I ask him to do right now because down the line of what I wanna, I wanna entrust to him. So if I say clean your room, it's a reason behind clean your room. Okay? Because one day you're going to ask for the car. And I'm going to judge if I'm going to give you the car based on how well you took care of the room. (laughs) It's a reason why he's asking you to pray. It's a reason why he's asking us to read and study scripture. It's only because of what he wants to give us. We want the big house, but he know if I give them that big house, they're not going to pray. They're not going to fast. How do I know? Because they're not reading in the little house. <laughs> you're not praying in the, in the little house. You're not fasting in the little house. You ain't got no job. And you're still not reading the word. What's going to happen if I give you a $100,000 job? That's going to be your God. So the blessings belong to, y- to us. But the parenting belongs to him. <laughs> All right. Verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin... By default, in Adam, you were slaves. We all were born like that. Everybody in here that was born of human seed and came through the womb of a woman, you were born in Adam until you accepted Christ. So by default, the scripture says, but thanks be to God that though you were, he's talking to people who are no longer in Adam but who are in Christ, though you were slaves to sin, you became Obedient. You became. He didn't make you. You became obedient. You became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Now, we've talked about this from the heart. So what does that mean? You allowed your mind to endure sound doctrine. You sat down and let someone who was called by God teach you the word. You became obedient from the heart through teaching. It was a teaching that attacked your heart. It was a teaching that attacked your mind, that changed your soul. You didn't know there was another way. You didn't know about grace. How did you learn about grace? You see. How did you learn you were righteousness? You, that you were righteous in God. You learned because you sat down and somebody taught it to you. Verse 18. And having been been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So the teaching freed you from sin. You heard the teaching, you believed the teaching, and you decided, you know what? I no longer want to be in Adam. I want to be in Christ. But when you did that, you became free from sin, but now you became a slave to righteousness. Which brings us back to what? Practicing righteousness. (laughs) So you left sin and said, I'm going to live right according to what my father said. I'm going to live from his world. I'm going to live according to the plan that he has for my life. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to fellowship. And I'm going to give. I'm going to do all the things necessary. I'm going to get an understanding of the plan that he has for my life. And I'm going to get an understanding that he made me right. You became a slave to this. Verse 19 says, I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of flesh. Flesh is weak. You got a mind of his own. What's crazy about the flesh is the flesh automatically agree with the world. That's why I'm talking about the, from the weakness of flesh. The flesh automatically agrees with the world. The flesh wants what it sees. The flesh wants to be seen. Just go to the mall. Just go to the mall. They get to point, it's to the place now the flesh don't even want clothes. I'm being honest. I, but watch this. But they know they're naked. <laughs> when Adam, before Adam fell, he didn't know he was naked. <laughs> they trying to get back to the Garden of Eden without God. That ain't right. For just as you, watch this, for just as you presented your members. Just as you presented your members. Who presented their members? You do. That's why the title is, you are the master of your results. You present your members. You tell yourself to pray. Only thing the Holy Spirit can do is remind you. You need to pray. You need to pray. But you present yourself. The Holy Spirit can tell you to give, but you present it. He can tell you to fast, but you're going to have to get away from the refrigerator. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to turn down your plate. He can tell you to study. you got to open the Bible, get you a notebook, a pen and a pad, a concordance, and dive into the Scriptures. You present yourself. But in this matter, he's saying, for just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness. So what is he saying? Watch this. In sin, when you present your life and give your life to sin, you increase in it. You you get better at it. You start doing it on different levels. Come on now. Am I right? Levels. We We used to brag about it. You ain't doing this like I'm doing this. You ain't got as many girls as I got. That was the gist of it. All right. Y'all ain't trying to talk about that. All right. Y'all ain't trying to talk about that. All right. All right, well, let's keep moving. I heard that. (laughs) It says, so now, so now. What does that mean? So now, so now, you did it that way and you've seen the increase in it. You got better and better as you sin. You got better at clubbing. You got better at partying. You didn't know how to do that dance, but you went to the club and practiced (laughs) We, okay, all right, keep it moving. Okay, I get it, I get it. Keep it moving, keep it moving. It says, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness. The same way you hit the club, bust a move, come in here and bust a move. But this is the thing. You can be loud, you can be up notches, but when you hit Christ, why it's so hard to come in and pray like that? Uh Uh-oh. A litmus test for the flesh. Who get, I mean, supremely agitated when they're mad? Who who that's one and y'all come on stop playing? Who gets super mad and everybody knowing you mad? Who? Raise your hand. Renee. Oh, She gave me the shrug, the shrug. Okay, this is the thing. You know, how, you know how you are when you get mad? That's how you're supposed to pray. You see, oh, look on her face. You should see what she just did. <laughs> that's how you pray. When you were mad and you went through the whole house, rah, that's how you pray. Your flesh can show you your strengths. Even as a man, you can, whoa, I I run the house. I run, do you pray like that? All right. Verse 20. Well, now let's finish this. So now present your notes of righteousness resulting in sanctification. Now, sanctification is the process of growing growing in the spirit. It's the process of growing in the spirit. Literally, it's the five stages of sonship. It is you growing. So he's saying when you present yourself to righteousness, you do what? You grow spiritually. It, it, it lets you know. He's letting them know. The thing I love about Paul's teachings are they're, they're developmental because he's talking to, once again, he's talking to the Gentiles. They did not know God. So he had to break it down to the finest morsel so that they could eat it. Verse 20, for when you were slaves in sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What does this mean? When you were in Adam, you were not bound to Christ. When you were in Adam, you weren't think about no praying. When you were in Adam, you were not thinking about no fasting. You didn't, no one expected you to conform to the image of Christ. So he's letting us know, look, this worked both ways. Now that you are in righteousness, you should feel the same way about sin. about to close. Verse 21. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the thing which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. Now, y'all know in church, in church, church is the last place. Who's saying today? See? Anybody gonna admit that? (laughs) Ad, stupid! <laughs> I can't see his head. I just seen his arm go up. <laughs> you, see? nobody, nobody admits that. Why? Because the scripture said you're ashamed. You used to did be ashamed. You got matter of fact, you went and bought an outfit. You went to the mall. So you can look good sinning. She said, okay, She's like, she said, be quiet. My mama said, be quiet, y'all. It says, for the outcome of those things were death. What is death? Meaning you are disconnected from your blessings. I need y'all to get that. I'm not harping on sin from no other reason than it disconnects and it disrupts your destiny. God got plans for your life. Sin does too. Let me say it like this The Father has plans for your life, but so does Satan. Satan's vehicle to get you to lose your destiny is sin. The Father's vehicle is righteousness. If you don't do righteousness, you automatically do sin. But it's all about your destiny. You have to want your destiny you have to lay before your face and say, Father, what did you put me here for? Once you find out what he put you here for, don't let sin disrupt that. Don't let no man, no woman, no child, no car, no house disrupt that. Verse 22, but now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God... You derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome is eternal life. So with sin, you just get death. Which means there's no growth process in sin. You're not growing, you're just dying. The father loves us. And like I said, I have to point this out because these two scriptures right here is basically asking what, what are the benefits of sin and what are the benefits of righteousness? It asks it in this manner. It says, what benefit were you deriving? Meaning what fruits were your actions producing? When you sin, what fruit? Bad fruit. When you, uh, when you live righteously, what fruits are being produced? OK, fruits involve seeds, involve roots, involve trees, involve branches. That's why the Bible says that Christ said, I'm the vine, you the branch. My father's the root. Now, the whole purpose of the branch or the vine is to get what's in the root to the branches. we the branches. But this is what I want you to know. Sin is not, we're not talking about the, an action of sin. All right? We're not talking about an action. We're talking about a lifestyle. It works both ways. Just like on the righteous side of God, you don't give one time and get a harvest, it becomes a lifetime. You don't pray one time and all of a sudden now you got the power of prayer. It becomes a life of praying to get you that gets you there. It's the same thing with sin. It's not you making a mistake that makes God retract your destiny or not necessarily retract, but it, that, that makes him suspend it. It's not us sin. It's living a life of sin. You have to know that. It's not because I don't want you to feel guilty when you make a mistake. That's why grace is there. Grace is there because he knew on the way to you becoming righteousness and learning how to be a child of God, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to be deceived. Satan going to trick you into doing something. People going to trick you into doing things. You're going to be deceived. If you don't think you can be deceived, that's a deception. Now, all of that, what I just said, everything I just talked, ran back, listened to it on the podcast. We, all that I just talked is to bring us to this scripture that you've heard a thousand times. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, now, traditionally, you only heard that scripture. You didn't hear it in context. It was just the wages of sin are death. So you begin to think immediately, every time I sin, I get a paycheck. That's just like people saying that you got to watch what you say. So if you say, uh, uh, man, I laugh to death, don't say that. <laughs> because if you say that, you're going to die. Well, if it worked like that, if it worked like that, then all I got to do is say I'm a millionaire on the other side. You see what I'm saying? So it's not a sin that gets you wages. It's a lifestyle of that because God knew you were going to make mistakes. He knew when he created this covenant with us that we were infallible. He knew we were weak. He knew about our bad attitudes. He knew we were in the flesh. He knew just what I told you at the beginning of this, that prior to you coming to Christ, your spirit was in Adam, your soul was in Adam, your flesh agreed with Adam, fallen Adam, and then your flesh agreed with the world. So everything you touch, taste, smell, see, or hear was in Adam. Ain't nothing in the world but what? Uh Uh-oh. Come on, my Bible scholars. Ain't nothing in the world but what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That is what Adam agrees with. So that's an indicator to let you know, anytime you agree with that, you're thinking like Adam. And like I told you, you could be in Christ and still have Adam's mind. You can be in Christ and still have Adam's heart. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, the free gift. Now, I made sure I had something written for that. The free gift of God is eternal life. What is eternal life? Yell it. Come on, yell it like you're yelling at will. Oh, yeah, she got a baby in her hand, okay. Well, I'm yelling. (laughs) I know, you're right. You're right by the ear, okay. Okay. Um, eternal life is a life in Christ as God is your father that lasts forever. This is what eternal life is. It is a life in the father that never ends. So the free gift. Now, what I want you to know is this. With sin, you earn, you have to earn death. The wages of sin is death. So you earn death. You have to work to earn death. You have to put in that time 40 hours a week to earn death. But with eternal life, it's a free gift. You don't earn it, you just comply. You don't do nothing with this but agree. All he asks you to do is have faith. He supplied everything else. Four questions. What has, ma- what has master over you? What is mastering over you? Is it sin or is it righteousness? Just ask, answer yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's a personal walk. All these questions are things you ask yourself. Nobody else has to no. know. What has master over you? What is mastering you? What is lording over you? Is it sin or is it righteousness? Is it the law or is it grace? Do you feel guilty every time you make a mistake and and now all of a sudden you don't want to talk to God or you think God don't want to talk to you? Two, what are you under? Are you subject to the law or are you subject to grace? how are you presenting yourself in obedience how are you presenting yourself in obedience are you being obedient to sin or are you being obedient to righteousness these are internal questions these are things you ask yourself on a daily basis on a daily basis ask yourself how am i presenting myself check yourself see because you know what that brings me to the fourth one. What are your results? Do you feel like you have death right now? Do you feel detached from your destiny? Do you feel detached from blessings? If you feel detached from blessings, that means either one of two things. Either you're being obedient to sin or you're ignorant to righteousness. You're either obeying sin or you're being ignorant or you're ignorant in righteousness or you know what righteousness is. But then, then again, if you know to do something and you don't do it, it's all right. This is how you get results. This is how you get results by checking yourself. Don't measure yourself with the next person. Measure yourself with Christ. It don't matter if I'm living in sin. Like they say, what, oh, I can't say that. (laughs) What you eat don't make me go to the bathroom. (laughs) Just being honest. Because we measure ourselves with everybody else. Well, that's what they're doing. It don't matter what they're doing. Them sinning ain't cutting your blessings off. Me sinning is not what's stopping your destiny. It's your sin. It's your, the things that are, that are going on in your life that are not supposed to be there. That's the stuff that's stopping your blessings. This is all about your destiny. You showing up to hear uh, someone teach. It is about you obtaining your purpose, you obtaining your destiny, you walking in the blessings, you walking in power, you walking in authority. Because we want to go past simply getting the groceries paid for. We want to go past, look, after you get the the money, after you get the house, you still going to feel empty. Because your purpose is a lot more than that. It's about you connecting with people. It's about you having compassion and letting God use you. It's more than the money. We're just looking at our situation. Right now, we need the money. Right now, we need a house. Right now, we may need a car. But after you get that, then what? You still got to practice righteousness. You still have a destiny. You still have an assignment. Like I told you was the Sunday, You got you had an assignment today. Whether you fulfilled it or not, It's between you and your father. You have a purpose right now. If this has a purpose, you know you got one. If the chair has a purpose, you know you got one. What is it? Your forks and your spoons are getting more of their purpose than you.